What's good, y'all? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? It is I, Dev Duff. We in Grow Club Studios, man. Grow Club Radio, Cloudy Conversations, man. Episode number 1000, psych. But we here in the midst of this um, so-called pandemic, epidemic. What's the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic? I can look it up. Yeah, do that. Oh, we ask we ask too many questions and we got the answers in our hands. Sitting here with my man, Big Ant, in the building. What's good? Got my man, Anonymous John here. What's good? What's happening, homie? So yeah, man, we just just chilling, man. Um, in the in the spot. Let's see, let's see, let's see. That's according to the CDC. Okay. According to the CDC, an influenza pandemic is a global outbreak of a new influenza A virus. Hmm. So what's an epidemic? An epidemic can be anything. Probably. Not necessarily viral. Uh, the definition of epidemic is a widespread occurrence of an infectious disease in the community widespread. at a particular time. At a particular At a particular time. So it's basically like an outbreak or a plague. So I get this, this boat, well, whatever. It's, 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 uh, it's pandemonium going on right now, man. It raised the level of the scare tactics. I mean, scare tactics, whatever. I know they didn't shut down a lot of stuff. Um, they got the National Guard out. Oh, yeah? Not in D.C., but New Jersey, Maryland, uh, and West Virginia. I, I read just yesterday have the National Guard out. Uh, Maryland just deployed like 250 National Guardsmen. Really? Yeah. Where, where they, were, uh, they were in Iverson Mall uh, yesterday. For real? Yeah. They had a little SWAT team truck. Uh, had a couple little people. I mean. I used to live around the corner of Iverson Mall, man. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah, know they up. shut down schools, um, yeah. restaurants. Yep. Malls. Yep. Yep. All, yep. That. all that, man. Well, we in here, man. We still moving. <laughs> As far as like the shutdowns and everything, man, I know me and Ant Man, you know, we so we've talked a lot off the record and um and uh signaling me to pass the flame. <laughs> My bad, I ain't know about No, 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 it's fine, man. No, you can you you could have said pass that heat, man, on the mic. It's all good, man. Um but yeah, um we talked a lot off the record, man, and um off the off the off the air. And um me and me and him have um um the door, the the door guy, the club working working inside the club thing. Um, I used to do that a lot. Um, um, I started doing that maybe when I was like twenty something, maybe like twenty twenty one years old. Mm. <clears throat> and um, worked in the tunnel. Um, worked in um, uh, Duffy's. Worked at. Uh, then I pretty much was at Trustees for like ten years. So. Duffy's you know, had a. Do they still have the Monster Burger? Probably, man. I, you know, I never ate the. I never, I never ate their food. Did I? No, I never ate their food at all, man. Um, and when I was working there, it was uh, it was probably like twenty seven, twenty eight, maybe. The Duffy's right here on U Street. Yeah, yeah, I used to work at Satellite Room. Are they, is that still there? Satellite Room. Yeah, barely. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. So, uh, <clears throat> met a homie of mine. Me and him were tight. And at the time, like, I needed something that was kind of convenient. So, like, I started working at this bar with trustees on Capitol Hill. And that's pretty much why I, the last door job I wanted to do. And um, my homie here, man, tell, tell, them, tell them how many spots you worked at around in the area. Uh, <laughs> well, shit. Too many for Abra to give me a job. Huh. Um, I, I know that uh, they, they told me that I've, I've represented too many bars and clubs in the city. Really? Uh, where they feel like. I would be bribable if I mm. were an investigator because oh. I, I know too many liquor license holders <laughs> and, they, and they feel like they don't they don't think that I would be able to do my job as an investigator and find them if I had to find them really? because I, I've established too many business relationships. Right, right, right. So, I mean, you've, uh, so, I mean, you worked in a lot of joints. You, you yeah, know, you I, went I, from- I got my, in the nightlife, I got my start on, okay, actually, the very, very first nightclub I ever did security in was a a gay bar by Navy Yard, Eastern mm. Market area, mm. called um shit, it's been around like thirty years. Uh 
Fuck. I can't remember the name, but okay. it, 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 it'll come to me in, in, a, in, a, in a minute. But it, it's over there. Smoke by... some more, and you'll remember. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to say so. Okay, keep, keep going with your story. Oh, but so, um, yeah, I, I started working there, and then eventually U Street. Um, and I, I really kind of made a name for myself on U Street. Yeah, I was doing, I did Old Glory. I used okay, to work over and, um, yeah, we know twin. You I know twin. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, because you know twin. Make a name for yourself. Um, working security. I mean, make a name for yourself. I mean, oh well, make a name. Have, just have a good reputation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, time. like show up on time. You be there 15, 20 minutes. Say sometimes be there. You know, thirty minutes. Uh, you know, uh, have a good rapport with everybody there, from the bartenders to the busboy, and also the police, and also the police. I, I built my business. When I knew that I, and that's hard for me to say, well, me personally. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I went from most people don't notice. I don't really share this publicly, but in 2007, I got arrested. I got in trouble with the law, mm-hmm. and so prior to getting in trouble with the law, I was actually on track to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a family. Uh, where there was a lot of domestic violence. So mm-hmm. ever since I was a little kid, yeah. I always wanted to be a police officer right. because the police were the only ones who were powerful enough to stop my dad from beating on my mother. Mm. Right. And so that was always supposed to be, that even was, when I was in the, the military, right. that was just to get out of my parents' house. But when I, it was always the goal to have a career in law enforcement mm. at some point in time. Mm. Um, but... I uh, made some mistakes uh, and got in trouble with the law in Arlington, Virginia. And mm, VA, nigga. If <laughs> if I can rewind time. But anyway, I, I lost my temper. I caught a charge. I, I paid my debt to society. I, I did my time. Mm-hmm. And I literally had to pay. They kept they kept uh, ex- re-extending my probation until I finished paying off my Wow. Court fees and restitution. Wow! But once I made enough money to do it, I was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of got me into nightlife? I never, I never wanted to be a security guard, let alone a bouncer. Mm. And I was never a nightlife kind of guy. Right. It's just that um, at the time, with all the training I had between being in the military and working corporate security, and the way I was training at the time to be law enforcement. My credentials, I lost my credentials uh, becoming a felon, but I didn't lose what I knew. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I had no interest in learning a trade at the time, and right. I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, all I knew was this. Right. And um, I, I, it was easy to get jobs at, at bars. Um, they didn't ask a whole lot of questions. And then once they see that you know, you know, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. People just started kind of following my yeah. lead, yeah. Um, and then eventually, when they decided, okay, well, we need a head of security, I got nominated um, at this place. I was working at Nelly's on Ninth and U. I was their first ever head of security, mm. and I and they had other people on the staff. It's just that for them, it was just a part time job, and they knew nothing about security. Mm-hmm. But because I did, and they saw the way I handled things, mm-hmm. um, it created an opportunity for me. Um, and also, tragedy um, is another way. Uh, whenever there's, unfortunately, whenever there's like um, natural disasters or something really fucked up happens in the community, you know, it's a it's a spark. Yeah, it's a spark, and it's also an opportunity for security to make money. Yeah, I don't know if y'all remember, but <clears throat> maybe about eleven years ago, an mm-hmm. Ethiopian man was. Uh, I don't want to get sued. I don't want to use he he's allegedly beat to death on the corner of Ninth and U or in that area. Um, by, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, you know the story. I know you talking about. Yeah. Okay, so that that situation um, created a lot of panic on with a lot of the bars on that strip because nobody knew how the crowd in the community was going to respond. And by Nelly's being a <clears throat> by Nelly's being a, a gay bar. With a lot of predominantly white customers, and they're in a still black neighborhood. Right. They didn't. They they were like two doors down from the bar where the incident happened. Okay. 
And so there was a lot of news play. Mm -hmm. The police were shutting people down. Like there Mm -hmm. was just a whole lot of attention on that area. Mm -hmm. And that one incident, the very next day, a meeting was called. We were all told, you know, hey, we don't know what happened because we weren't there. If any media asked questions, you know, we all had a gag order. But um, right then, from that, because of that incident, they went from spending fourteen thousand dollars a year on just two or three part-time security on the weekend, to now they wanted a full security operation every day, and they went from fourteen thousand dollars a year for their security budget to one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, and it kind of just landed on me. It was wow. my responsibility to hire the staff. It was my responsibility to create the SOP. It was my responsibility to make sure that. If anything that could go wrong or would go wrong community-wise and it would affect the bar, that we were ready. What do you mean by SOP? Uh, standard operating procedure. Uh-huh. Um, that could be anything from, you know, how do we deal with fake IDs? How do we handle um, an aggressive or um, a customer that we need to walk out, you know? Um, and so that created an opportunity for me um, to show that I could manage other people and it gave me an opportunity to shine um, and be, because there was a lot of spotlight in that area I don't quite remember what happened but there was some type of publication or town hall meeting or something where MPD went on record and said that um, I'm paraphrasing but they, they basically said that the, the most re- trusted security in the U Street corridor at that time was Nelly's security. And so that was a, you know, yeah. shout out to me. Yeah. That's what's up. And then from there, that's when I saw an opportunity to start my own business and try to okay. duplicate what I did. Okay, so yeah, so getting into that, um, you know, um, my first gig, I worked for a dude, I can't even think of it because it's been so long, I was working at NIH at the time, so like this was like I'm, some side piece joint. I mean, like I was working, it was a work study program. I wanted that permanent joint so bad. Yeah. Um, that like flicker sound was brought to you by Bic. All right. And so, um, yeah, so my first joint was, uh, well, not my first joint. Ding. My <laughs> first, um, my first gig as a, as a, in the security shit, um, I was like 20, one and he worked uh he was like worked the police joint mm-hmm. at the NIH but he had his own side joint too right. so um and he was a young he was he was older than me but he was young you know what I mean right and so um so yeah but I never wanted to get into that shit man like I was just like cops like you cuz like you just got a you, you got a, this responsibility like on your on your shoulders you got to you know you have to make sure you're straight. You got to make sure everybody's straight. Um, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a task, man. And you know, I tip my hat off to you. And while we sitting here, man, how was the transition going from working into the door shit, just working for somebody, into being your own boss? Give me the, give me the. Well, you know, just give me the rundown on this. You know, it, it's. I expected that when I told them that I was gonna start my own business. I expected I was gonna have to give up my position. Um, And actually I didn't. They were very receptive of it. They basically was like, hey, you should definitely do that. And as long as you still fulfill (laughs) your responsibilities with us, we support you. And actually um, my first two gigs that I got paid for through my company were because of them. They basically threw them at me. Nice. Um, yeah, they they definitely did. Nice. Um, and um, to this you know what I'm day, saying? good manners go along. It goes on. I don't care what you do, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause Aunt, you a real cool dude, man. Like, you know. You. And I, I meet try. people all the time. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, people. You know, I meet some people, and then you know, they wonder why shit don't go the way they want. You know, and things of that nature. And then it's just like, you know. You're a shitty dude, man. You're a <laughs> shitty girl, man. Like you don't, yeah, you know, you, you, don't, you know, you don't know how to talk to people. Yeah, look, I'm a, look. I don't like people too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, 
you find some of the most cool, chill people don't like people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? I, tell, I tell people all the time, this is my job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'll, I, when I'm dealing with somebody that, you know, that I know can escalate, I'm trying to get on their level. So I'll pretend like I care less than what I really do. And it's right. like 80% of the time, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. But I care enough to do my job, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, I care about my reputation. I, right. I spent so many years building it. So I care, but I care enough to diffuse the situation. Absolutely. I don't I don't care enough to take it personal. Right. And when people know that, yo, I'm doing my job. This isn't personal. Mm-hmm. You Most people know, most adults, you know you fucked up. You know mm-hmm. when you messed up. Absolutely. And it's not the fact that security is doing, you did what you were going to do now. I got to do what I got to do, but it's how you do it. Right. And I tell my guys all the time, if if you're in a club with your lady and you're with some friends and somebody's drunk, you're celebrating, you're celebrating somebody who's just getting out or who just came home from the military or who just retired or whatever the case, sometimes we do dumb shit. And if security comes and they flex on you in front of your woman or in front of your boys, just the man in us, even though you may know you're wrong, Especially if you've been drinking, the man in us is, if you ever want your woman to respect you again, you're going to buck, even though you know you were wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if we understand that, then we should be able to understand that when we're at work. I can go to a crowd, if I got to escort somebody out, you know, because they're just doing too much, I can flex on them, or I could just find the person in the crowd that seems the least amount of drunk and say, hey. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to ruin y'all night. You know what I'm saying? We know y'all celebrating. We know your man just came home. We can see he's wearing shit from 10 years ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to fuck up the celebration. So you're a good diffuser. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, and see, and see, that was the thing. That was that a lot was, of people escalate the problem yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah, a lot of people in enforcement roles escalate the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can, man, we can stretch that shit out to the law enforcement, yeah. to the Hell shit that's yeah. going on in the street, unnecessary deaths, man, all that shit, man. You, it's funny you say that. Before you, uh, I read an article once. It, it was in a, um, it was in a magazine, and they asked a hundred bar and club owners. They asked them anonymously. Um, when it comes to them hiring security, what race of individual are they more likely to hire and why? Excuse me. And these bar owners were all different races, but majority of these bar and club owners all said that they would rather hire black or brown security people than white people because black and brown people are used to their authority being challenged mm-hmm. and they're and they are less likely for their when their authority is immediately a challenge they are less likely to become a liability by putting hands on people Mm. because we're used to not having power and we're used to being creative versus white people when their authority is challenged they're are more quick to become physical and people don't realize in working the nightclubs my primary responsibility is not to protect you is not to protect the customer. My primary responsibility is to protect the liquor license. Mm-hmm. Protect the club. Yeah. <laughs> Any because if the club can't serve liquor, then it's gone. It's done. You can't afford it. Yeah. That's yeah. my primary any, anything that jeopardizes the liquor license is priority. So what Safe. did you think about that statement? Do you think it's true? Because I do. I More white people get the badge, but when you when you in terms of second tier, third tier security <laughs> there are a lot of black and brown people and when you think about liability yeah if 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 every time somebody's drunk and i tell them hey you've had enough i gotta cut you off or they get disrespectful it's time to go if every time they cuss me out and call me fat or call me this or call me that my answer is to punch them in the face or to manhandle them i would have to deal with the police every other night i do this full time exactly and then not to mention because i own a company so that means that the other contracts that i have where other people who are representing me if they had that same mindset we would constantly be dealing with um law enforcement but then that also means that we would be putting our clients liquor license in jeopardy when it because the more 911 calls when it comes time for them to renew their liquor license every year every two years Mm. they look at the amount of 911 calls to see if it's a nuisance the amount of customer complaints so you want to 
if something happens, you don't you don't want to not call who you're supposed to call. But if you right. can avoid it and you can be creative, right. you want to avoid that. Yeah. So you train your employees. Yes. Well, well. Situations using physical violence. I train the ones that I hire who have little club experience. Um, at this, when I first started, I spent a lot of money in training. Now, nine years in the business, I'm at a point where seventy percent of my staff are ex-military. And many of them have served in combat. So the type of security that we do now is nothing compared to what they're used to. So they're more than trained. And, you know, the the biggest thing at that point is just to make sure that they have the patience to understand that, hey, you're sober, they're not. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, but there's times when, you know, I have to be able to identify that, okay, this person's burnt out. You know, maybe, you know, this person is... Uh, they don't feel in their element. So they can't, you know, and sometimes I have to make those decisions and they're unpopular decisions, but people will come back and thank me and they'll be like, yo, thank you for pulling me from that spot or thank you from, I needed that break. Mm. You know, we're so broke because everything's so expensive. Right. You know, we, we work, 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 but sometimes like, because, you know, I can't afford to take a big loss. If I see that my guys are burnt out, if I see that this person is just always grumpy or they're always combative with people, then I got to rotate him. I might have to put him in another zip code or put him somewhere where mm-hmm. it's less going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to fire people before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that always sucks. It always sucks. It, uh, you, uh, you never, you never get. Uh, I'm not gonna say you never get used to it, but I don't get used to it. Right. Um, and it's mostly because when I do fire somebody, like they should have been fired. And that also I think says something about me as a leader that I need to grow. Um, I feel like I've never fired anybody and the rest of my staff be like, damn, he didn't deserve it. Yeah. Every time I fired somebody, the my staff is like, damn, nigga, about time. Like when was you gonna fire him? Oh man. And so I, I realized that, you know. You're a good dude, man. This is all. It's so you a good dude. That can be if it's, if it's going to cost us a contract. Um, I can see it being more personality problems. Is it is, more personality? Probably for me. Age, probably for age too. Yeah, so yeah, most, of the guys who, most of the guys who work with me are older than me. Uh-huh. And so I, I find myself in a situation where you get a lot of guys who have opinions on how they would do it. And um, one of my guys, he best describes me as, he was like, I'm the business, they're the security. And I'm and I'm not ashamed to admit that. But majority of the guys who work for me, many of them have done far more in their career than I have. But I understand the business. I, I went to school for that. Right. So I understand what my clients want. Absolutely. So if I know that my client is, passive aggressive or this is what they like they'll tell me what they want they're not going to tell the guys that i put there they expect me to do that right and so i'm going to put people who i know i think are going to fit in that environment that are Mm -hmm. going to be able to deal with that clientele and that my client is going to approve of because ultimately if my client doesn't feel comfortable with that person then i need to be there in which case i can't continue growing my business if i can't you know if i have to be there um and that's another lesson I learned early on. I, I I give myself a time limit. Whenever I get a new contract, I don't work it more than ninety days without um, having a replacement and somebody ready to take over. Because then, if your client gets too used to working with you, mm-hmm. then um, they're not going to give anybody else a yeah, chance. Exactly. Exactly. So, give me like three pros to this to you. Owning your, owning your own business, and and then give me like three cons. Uh, first pro, I think for any business, no matter what industry, the tax write-offs. Mm. Taxes were always made to benefit business owners. They were never made to benefit people who work a job. Mm. And so, if you understand that, you understand. You, you you can, that. Rewind, selector. <laughs> Say that again, my brother. When the tax code was written, taxes, the tax code was never written to benefit hardworking people. Yeah, exactly. The tax code was made, was written to benefit business Businesses, owners. Yeah. And so. Mm, mm, mm. 
I don't look forward to a tax return every year. I look forward to how much money that I already have to spend anyway, but what I can write off. Right. The average working person who works a, a job where taxes are taken out of your check, you pay between 14 to 26% right. of the income you earn. Right. I've made a quarter million dollars in a year and only paid 1% taxes after I wrote everything off. It's the difference. Bam. There you go. Uh, the second thing I would say, uh, I guess, is uh, I feel like people respect you more they do. when you own a business they do. because let's say you own a club right. or let's say you own this establishment, right? Right. If I come to you and say, hey, you know, I'm a security contractor, here's my resume, oh. my credentials, blah, 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 I'm asking you for a job, mm -hmm. mm, you feel superior to me. You may even feel, especially when it gets to a point where you realize that you're my only source of income mm -hmm. or my primary source of income, especially mm -hmm. in this economy now, mm -hmm. you know, you may feel like, oh, you know what, I, you, at some point, your level of respect and how you treat me, whether it be... Uh, you feel like you need to give me ample time right. to give me my schedule. Mm -hmm. Or you might just say, you know, fuck it. I, you know what? Well, I know you're not scheduled to work tomorrow, but I need you to come in tomorrow. Exactly. Right. But exactly. when you own a business, people talk to you different. They exactly. respect you different. Yeah. 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 Um, and so right about that, man. I, I noticed that before I before I even really understood um what I was doing as a businessman, I just my first time at the bank. I remember um, I was I was trying to do something at the bank, and when I was younger, you know, I have no like many people who grow up broke. I was irresponsible with my credit, and so I knew that the bank wasn't going to approve me for whatever I was trying to get. Like I hadn't, you know, I, I hadn't been long enough. I hadn't been responsible financially, mm -hmm. but. When they realized that I had a business account with them and they saw the kind of money that my business was making, I literally, I would have been perfectly okay when the, first of all, the, the banker didn't deal with me. The manager of the bank dealt with me. And I've never had that happen. And I used to bank with this bank for years. But then I would have been perfectly okay with when they said, hey, you know, you're not approved because I didn't expect to get approved for what I had applied for. Right. But this, I literally saw this manager said, no, wait. And she went and she made a call and called some other department. And she told them she was like, this is a business customer who deposits X amount of $100,000 a year in our account. We don't want to lose him. And she made them approve me for a credit card that I, had I not had a business account with them, would have never got approved for it. And, and I probably rightfully shouldn't have gotten approved for it if right. you, you know, right. but because it just, it made me realize like, wow, fuck the fact that I was young and irresponsible and I didn't deserve this right. loan, but they made these exceptions and I didn't even ask. I didn't, I wasn't being entitled or anything. She did it just simply because she saw that I was a business customer and she saw the potential and I appreciate her for that, but it just made me wonder how many other people who don't own a business who would who actually deserve a break like that yeah. don't get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Can I interject for a second? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, touching on what you said, even from an employee standpoint, if you have to rely on someone for a paycheck, mm -hmm. that brings like anxiety, mm -hmm. you know. It's like you don't want to cross boundaries, you don't have that independence. So, that was a good point that you brought up. Thank you. So, what's the third pro? It's, it's, it's hard. It, it's, it's hard. Give me a second. It'll come yeah. to uh, What about a con? When shit goes bad, you can't blame anybody else. You have to take all the responsibility. Even if, you know, it could be... I pay my guys late because the client paid me late. They don't want to hear that. You know, at the end of the day, they don't, they, they don't, my, the people who work for me, they don't care if I had an investor or they don't care that I started my company with the $500 I had in my savings account. All they know is, hey, if you say payday is the 15th, 
we expect to get paid on the 15th. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's been many times where, because, you know, a lot of the people that I do business with are small business owners. So if they didn't pay on time and if I didn't have money, you know, one thing I've, I've had to learn is to build up a red account. Right. Yeah, exactly. um, because, you know, you still have to pay your people and you want to pay your people on time. Um, even when you don't get paid on time. So there's been many times where I've had to pay my bills, my personal bills and stuff, late to make sure that my people are paid. Um, But, you know, another thing is um, people think that you have more money or access to more money sometimes than Mm -hmm. what you really do. People people who've never ran a business Mm -hmm. um, or never owned a business they just instantly think that because you're an entrepreneur that you, you just have bread. this bread yeah you got stacks and that's not always true i mean don't, don't remember, there are there are times when yeah, yeah money is great yeah but then at the same time you know there are times when you know certain 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 events come up and let's say i haven't got paid out in a while i'm using money that i've earned from either a part-time job or money that should be profit should be going back into the company from another gig but i'm using that to cover payroll from somewhere else until that place pays me and then we reimburse you it's a lot of it's a lot of juggling and and you don't owe anybody these explanations but at the same time you want to be transparent because you want good people to still trust you trust your word and work for you Mm -hmm. so like i have to balance being transparent but also I still have to be in a situation where people understand that I'm in control of it. Because if, if, if I show that I don't have control over the situation, then they start getting nervous. Right. Um, and I, know, I bet I could, I could talk, I could give you another car. Okay. Because we talked about this uh, time. Like you said, like, you know, I remember you saying, we, you came in the joint with like, man, every shit I be wanting to do. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's like, I be always. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, I it feel ties like, into work too. Yeah, it's a lot of work to run your own business. And that's what I was gonna say. My my other comment was gonna say like my social life. Like I um and you know this. I, I was telling you this, but uh, these last couple of years, like I was kind of fighting through depression, and very few people even knew that I was depressed or even cared enough to ask. Um, when you're trying to build a business, especially a, a, when you're doing something in the nightlife, everything is you know. If you're serious, you know, your Thursday through Sunday nights are spoken for. There there ain't no going out to no concert on a Saturday night. Not if you ain't working it. Right. Yeah. Or even me as the owner. Yeah, but I'm saying even though you have employees, you you take time off. Well, no. So I do allow them to. and, And what made me do that is I started meeting their wives or their significant others. And I always wondered, like, why their wives would look at me with, like, this disgust. And I'm like. Yo, like, your dude is making money. I know he's making money because I'm writing him the checks. Right. You know, like, and I know y'all were broke before he worked for me because he told me how broke you were. So you would think that when they first meet me, they would be like, oh, thank you for employing my man. No, they're looking mm-hmm. at me like, oh, you're the reason why we can't go do nothing on a Saturday night. And so, you know, I realized because we, we spend so much time babysitting other people live their lives where we're giving up our social life you know what like, i used to say i'd be like i used to <laughs> when i used to be at work i used to be like what you doing like babysitting exactly babysitting we're adult babysitters yeah. yeah that's what it is and yeah. so like you know me i haven't had a serious relationship in years and you know i just had a dog so for me it could i can think of just grind 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 i don't have any kids i don't have anybody else right. that i have to put before me Right. But because a lot of the guys that I I preferred employing family men, um, because they seem to be more reliable. Yeah, mm-hmm. more uh, responsible. Yeah, I, I give chance to younger younger guys, but a lot of their work ethic is so disappointing. That's why I mentioned age earlier because mm-hmm. I knew like the immaturity would come a bit. I, I'll tell you one thing that I've yet to understand is I've got guys who are ex-military so they get that check for the rest of their life from mm. the military mm. plus they've got a government job or a government contracting job where they're making 60 70 80 thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. or even if they're not making that much i know guys who have multiple sources of income who work for me and they actually are in a position where they could afford if at any point they wanted to say yo fuck you we don't want to 
deal with these people anymore and give up our weekends anymore. They could afford to quit and they still have other sources of income to survive. I know guys who their only source of income was working for me and they so they need every hour, every check they could get. And after the first couple paychecks, they start to slip. And then eventually they give you their ass to kiss or they don't show up or they no call, no show. And it's like, I never understood. How is it the people who can afford to not be reliable? How How is it that they work for me like it's their only source of income? But the people who this is their only source of income, you know, they, you know, after you get them out of that initial hole, you know, they just kind of do whatever the hell they want. Mm. And... To, you know, to them, this is just a part-time job. It's another source of income. But to right. me, it's my reputation. Because if, if you're my client and you say, hey, I needed 10 guys, and I'm only able to produce eight, you're looking at me now like, oh, he's not even able to produce, you know, give me what I need. Yeah, yeah. Even though I might have, in all reality, I might have 60 guys that I could call. I might got 30 guys all over the city on that any given Saturday. I could have 30 guys all over that I'm making money off of. But because someone didn't show up here, uh-huh. you know, I could potentially lose a, a client. And let's say you're spending $100,000 a year on security. Right. Who the hell wants to lose a $100,000 a year contract just because you, you know, you it takes years to build a... a, a, a a rapport with clients. It only takes one bad event, Man, what? one bad decision, and what? then and they'll just hire somebody else. Yep, and you done oh, and for, that. for that for that for that. Are there a lot of people in the industry? Yes, I, I don't. I, there are more security companies now that are catering to the nightlife. I feel like what I started, and um, everybody well, not everybody, but certain people told me like, oh, that's that's a real niche. You're not going to grow, but and there weren't there there were like groups there were people who had made names for themselves, but there weren't any real licensed, bonded, and insured security companies that specialized in the nightlife. Mm. And when I know when I started looking at because coming from this corporate side, I've worked for some of the biggest security companies in the country. I've worked for I've worked with Pinkerton. I've worked with IPC Securitas, uh, Ally Barton. But most of these companies don't go after nightclubs and bars because, one, the the same deductible that you would have to pay on your insurance, once you, you know, let them know that, hey, oh, this is a place that serves liquor, mm-hmm. your deductible goes up um, because of the risk of what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But also that means that you got to better screen your employees now mm-hmm. because, you know, some of these mega companies, yeah. you know when you go to your office building and you see, you know, these people dressed up in these little polyester suits at the desk asking you to sign in. You know that they not if some real shit go down, they're gonna be the first one out the door if they even call the police. Right. They're not you know, but when you're hiring for the nightlife, you need people who specifically are able to handle, you yeah. know, this threat. You know, yeah. and not just people who can fight. Everybody thinks, Oh, I can fight. No. Cause everything doesn't require you putting your hands yeah, on people. Exactly. Right. You know, like if it gets ugly, yes, I need you to be able to be a wolf at a moment, at a snap of a finger. But mm-hmm. if, I also need you to know how to talk to people, too. Yeah. Yep. And if you do this full time and this is your primary source of income, it could take it could wear on you a lot mentally. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I just didn't want to. This wasn't for me, man. This wasn't for me, man. Like it just. I mean, because people just started taking like mental health breaks seriously, but even yeah. even the nightlife is so far behind. You know, like, yeah. you know, you 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 don't feel good. They still expect you to be there, right? You know, um, you know, anywhere else, you know, if 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 you know, you're telling somebody, you you know, I'm I'm having a bad day. I'm just I'm not there yet. Okay, take the day off. Use your sick leave. You don't have that in nightlife. Right. You know, if you're having a bad day, they don't care. They We need you here to check ID. We right. need you. And your job is constantly threatened mm-hmm. if, uh, or your, 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 your position is constantly threatened if you're not there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's stressful. It's stressful from being the, the, the actual security contractor, but it's also stressful from being the owner because I have to manage the relationship between 
my people, but also the client. Right. The client. Is it possible to ever get to a point where you're just overseeing and you don't necessarily have to be there as much as you are right now? It is possible. I don't know that I'll, it'll ever be possible for me. Because I don't think that anybody will ever care about the business as much as you care about exactly. The business. Like I have guys who could and who want me to step aside and let them, you know, take over and take a less active role. They just want me to deal with the clients, and I, I want to be in a mental space where I feel comfortable enough to do that, but I don't. Okay. Um, because again, you know, for them, hey, if this doesn't work out, they can. Well, if you compensate them well enough. I feel like you have to pay for yeah. you know less stress. No, so, agreed. Yeah. You know you definitely have to pay for it, and it's, it's. I don't have an issue with paying for it. It's just more of an issue of. For you, if it's a job and you have a bad day and you deal with a client who disrespects you, or because you know we're talking about the nightlife, we're talking about a lot of people who are drugged up, who are working functioning alcoholics and working mm-hmm. functioning cokeheads, and mm-hmm. um, they look at us as the help. Like, I, t- I always tell my guys all the time, the clients are not your friend. I don't care how nice they are to you. I don't care if they give you free food. I don't care. what They're not your friend. They may be friendly because, obviously, you're protecting them and right. keeping their place of work safe. But when it comes time for them to have to make a hard decision or when it comes time for budget cuts, uh, management and security is always the first to be cut because those are the most important. Those are the, the highest paid uh, positions in the nightlife. Everything else is more so tip based. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, or if it's a situation where you do something wrong and somebody has to be held accountable for it, you thought that that person was your friend. That's gonna be the first person to throw you under the bus. Right. Um, so, and I tell people that so that you don't get too comfortable, because when you get too comfortable, you become complacent. Yeah. And I always tell my guys. I'll never let a client treat us like we're the help. But understand, in their mind, you're the help. But what I'm saying is getting someone to take your position, you right. know, compensating them, and just to get in a layback role, and you focus on you know, bringing more security in, getting more contracts. I feel like that's how the business is going to grow. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think so. I don't disagree. I, like, I, I know that I need to do that. Yeah. It's just... You just starting out, man. You just starting. How, how long? How long? You? How long? You? Been? I, it's February. I just celebrated oh, my oh, ninth year. You know, you know. my ninth year. Okay, yeah. You're not just starting. Out. Okay, okay. Well, well no. then, I know. Well, okay. No, no, no. Uh, the long term goal. The long term goal. You started this so you could like you know oversee, not so you could be like. Need I mean, but with a business, shit. Five. I, I would just start getting comfortable after six, like six years. I'd be like, okay. I'm gonna keep it all the way real with y'all. I. I started this because I never wanted to have to check that box on a job application that asks if you've ever been convicted of a crime. I never, I right. honest to God, I never thought that I would have met the people that I would have met. Uh-huh. I never thought that my business would have grown in the direction that it grown. I never thought that I would have got some of the contracts that I've gotten. Right. I never thought that I would have made some of the connections. I, when I started this, I started this out of failure. Right. I... Um, I had lost a scholarship that I, I was going to school and I had lost a scholarship because of my attendance. Even though my grades were good, uh-huh. they were because they were paying me to also go to school and right. paying for my education. Right. I, I ended up losing that opportunity because of my attendance. Mm-hmm. And um, it just so happened that what I lost in that, I gained in security because of that unfortunate situation and because I had the business acumen to right. start a bit. But, I honestly got started my business because I felt like my name was tainted mm-hmm. now that I had a charge. Mm-hmm. But my company is not tainted. Right. My company is its own identity. Right. And so I was able to hide or my company is the the is me without the blemish. Right. So it's the shield. It's the shield. Yeah. Right. So all I expected honestly was just, you know, to make a couple hundred dollars each weekend. You know, make some money off of other guys. I just wanted a couple club contracts. I never would have thought I would have gotten embassies and to do a lot of these festivals. And right. you know what I had, what I've accomplished now. Most of that was referral and word of mouth. 
So like, you never really thought about the long term no, goal? No, no. This was just supposed to be a way for me to change the conversation. Instead of saying, hey, I'm a guy looking for a job. It's, hey, you own a business. I own a security company. I have something you need. So it was just a way of changing the conversation because I I, be, I I firmly believe that a lot of these places that I've had contracts with, if I came to them just as a contractor with the knowledge I had looking for a job and they did a background check, they're like, oh, yeah, no. Exactly. But nobody, nobody checks the background check on the, the owner. They care about you doing good business. As long as my company does good business, yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody's looking into me. Do you feel like now it's time to take it to the next level? I feel like I'm stuck. I I, I never wanted to be. Mm, I, I I feel like people only know me and see me from the security standpoint, and I feel mm -hmm. like I'm so much more. When I I started the security company as survival, this this was not supposed to be my end all be all. Right, and. I'm 34 and I want to do more. I don't have I I I don't have you know a significant other. I don't have children, so I feel like if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to do something else, if I'm rather be go back to school, learn a trade, if I'm going to just learn another industry, this is the time to do it because I don't have to support anybody else. Right. The problem is I. And part of this is maybe my ego, but I don't, I don't want to go back to being an employee. And I know if I start over somewhere else, I'm a nobody and I'm an employee. No, but it, it's not about starting over somewhere else. It's just hiring someone to take over your position. And so that's the thing. I would, I would probably rather dissolve it. I would probably rather sell. So there's no one that like I, you know, I, a right-handed, someone that's had exhibited good performance that you can entrust I, I wouldn't manage. trust them if they had the money to buy it and I would sell them uh, but so I you, wouldn't you wouldn't just no because then at that point I feel like they would have too much room to do their own thing mm -hmm. and if they're going to do their own thing that's fine but either they need to own the brand or they need to create their own brand but I don't I don't trust anybody else to run my brand <clears> you almost said 10 man you could have it in contract you know you're still the owner, but yeah. this person's managing, you know, and the income, everything comes to you. No, I know you I can. This person is I just, I don't, I don't, I, it's not, I would more rather, I would rather sell it or dissolve it. Yeah. And at least that way, you know, I have nothing to prove. Right. And at that point, if I dissolve it and take the money and invest in something else, yeah. I didn't fail. But what I don't want to do is, I, I'm tired of it's hard being accountable for other people right like I, my next business venture I don't want to have to be responsible for so many other people right. and that's the one thing I didn't realize you when I hire, a business. hire a manager no right. I'm a manager is going to be responsible until they're not they or, to answer, the manager answers to you correct it's like a chain of command right I mean? but okay think about it like this how many places where you know you have you know let's say a club right you start out owning the club you need to be there every day at least until you have people that you trust right but then right. eventually when you're ready to take a step back and like you said you employ somebody to take over more you, at that point you're hoping you know you're you're, you're taking a gamble mm -hmm. you know that they're going to continue doing things the way you would have it done. I mean, you can check in once in a while. I mean, I'm, I mean, I feel. I just. Yeah. I feel like, and this again. This is me. You know. This is. I'm. I, it's I'm just, just going to enable you to do so much more. You right. Know, with all the income still coming in, you could invest. True. But if, but if nothing else, if ventures. but if nothing else, I've learned this. I've learned that my personal style of management. I don't want to be responsible for a bunch of people. Like, if I'm going to be responsible for a bunch of people, then I need to be in it. But if I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to take a step back, I would rather dissolve the company or you just want to be there the physically, company. right? Yeah, you want to and physically, and, and, yes. exactly because of because of because of the, what the environment is, right? Because my job is to limit other people's liability, yeah. And so I personally won't feel like even if I take the step back, like. I, and I've done this before, but I tell people I don't sleep. If I if I know that I got guys in the field anywhere from 8 a.m. to up until 6 a.m. the next day, depending on the different contracts, I'm up until the last guy 
texts me or calls me and says, hey, I'm clear. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't. I can't rest. I can't sleep. I can't because I feel like if something happens, I need to be available and I need to be able to respond because when I started my company, that's when I started it on where, hey, if you did business with me, you're not going to get a secretary. You can call me. And if you call me and you say, hey, I need you here within 30 minutes, I'm there. And so even though my business has grown, you're right. I do feel like it, it could have grown and can grow if I'm willing to take a step back. But exactly. I don't. And that's what I'm saying. The, the issue is with me. I I know enough. I've learned enough about myself over these last couple of years that I'm not willing to do that. What I am comfortable with is either when I feel like the time has come dissolving it and letting my reputation die with the business or that reputation. Like, I just, I don't want to give somebody else control to fuck up something that I've built and spent. So I'm, I'm not. So there may be no one that you trust that can take it over. Just they make it better. True. I mean, maybe. But if that's the case, why not Why not just sell to a bigger company? My, my goal at this point, almost 10 years in, I would love for one of the bigger companies, I would love to, to get to a point where I have enough contracts where the bigger companies are paying attention to me and they just say, hey, here's a million dollars. We want to buy you out. I would love to sell my contact list, sell my company, take a check, and start another company that doesn't require me to be responsible for multiple people i personally don't want to i'm on the fence where sometimes i want to grow the company and sometimes i'm like i want to do something totally different because i don't feel like security is not challenging to me anymore it doesn't matter what the site is it doesn't matter what the job is what the threat is uh it's that's how i felt yeah the hardest part about this is the logistics but I don't. I doesn't. It doesn't feel like a challenge. Like I feel like it's time for me to do something else. And you know, I, I personally would rather just cash in. I'd rather take the money, buy a farm. True. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And or get into real estate. You know, just yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, man. We just wrapping this joint up, man. Got some other business to tend to, man. But Big Ant, man, we appreciate you coming through, yeah, man. Thanks Not for having me. Sorry for talking so much. Um, yeah, man. You done heard it. You heard the employee side and you heard the business owner side, man. And you heard it. You 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 got some little uh, some jewels on this one. Uh, so hopefully, man. Oh, and by the way, we're on Spotify, man. So all you have to do is uh, go on Spotify, type in Grow Club Radio. We are on there. You'll hear this soon. Rewind us back. You want to give us the name of your company, man? Uh, sure. Metropolitan Security Professionals. We're on Instagram at uh, at MSP underscore DC. Bam. Cloudy Convos. It is I. We here. We gone. My bad if I was rapping too much. I was, no, I was trying to stick to the questions. You know, I understood what you were saying. I was just saying, just... Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't even know that about you until... Tired of the monotony. I just came out of a couple-year depression, like...